live in a world that struggles with feeling busy and overwhelmed. At the same time, us mamas want to feel we're living intentionally and with purpose. At the end of the day, you won't have to sit worn out on the couch feeling like it all just wasn't enough. Here, you'll find the tools to slow it down, nurture your own goals, and live restored. Each week, we have real-life conversations about motherhood, work, relationships, and all the things in between. I'm your host, Jen Brazil. Welcome to the Unhurried Life Podcast. Well, hello. This is Jen Brazil. I am your host for the Unhurried Life Podcast, and I am just super pumped about this month of May, continuing on with a month theme of transitions. It seems completely appropriate considering what has been going on in the world and transitioning from a lot of different things. Today, we actually get the pleasure of chatting with Corey, and we definitely are going to be talking about transitions. This lady has been through a lot of different things in life, and she offers some amazing wisdom. I had the honor of meeting her in person, and after talking with her for about seven seconds, knew that she would just be an amazing guest to have on the show, because I wanted to share with you all of these things that she's gone through and how she has handled transitions with grace. I am just thrilled for us to get to chat with Corey today. So no need for me to go on. Let's dive in. First, tell me a little bit about yourself. So I am a military spouse. We have three daughters. Our oldest is 20. Our twins are 16. And I am an entrepreneur. I have a photography business where I specialize in senior portraits. And I also do a lot of personal branding for kind of creative entrepreneurs. And then I'm also an educator because my former career, I was a teacher. So I've taught all different kinds of grades, hence being a military spouse. (laughs) (laughs) We've moved time and time again. And so I've taught fourth grade, first grade, kindergarten, preschool, all the things in between. And give me like a lowdown of where you've moved from and lived. Okay, so we started out in Beaufort, South Carolina. He was stationed at the air station. Then we went to Paris Island, which is where they make Marines. My husband is a Marine. Then we went to Iwakuni, Japan. Then we went to Yuma, Arizona. We went back to Beaufort, South Carolina. And then we went to Hawaii. And now we are here on the coast of North Carolina. My husband left and did three years in Quantico. And the girls and I stayed here because they were in middle school, high school. And I was running a business. I was teaching still. And we thought that was just the best thing because he was going to be traveling a lot anyway. So now he's back in North Carolina with us and he was, he was commuting home on the weekends, but now he's back here to finish out his last two years. This week, actually, he just hit his 28th year mark. So in two years, he'll retire. That is incredible. It has been a wild ride. (laughs) So when in there and all those moves, did you start having kids? So we had Grace in Beaufort, our first tour. And then when she was 14 months old, so I graduated from college. The next year we had Grace and then we moved to Japan when she was a year old. So we were there for two and a half-ish years. And when we left, I was pregnant with the twins and they were born in Yuma. So we moved then cross country. We've done like cross country and cross trans-Pacific moves because we moved from Yuma to Beaufort, Beaufort to Japan, Japan to North Carolina with them. So we've we've done some traveling (laughs) Yeah. Okay. I just don't understand. How do you make friends that fast? Like I found it was so hard when we moved here from San Antonio that it was the hardest thing ever to feel like I was plugged in and connected. Does it just happen so much quicker because you're in a different mindset? 
I think so. I think part of it is the military community. I think that as a spouse, once you know and accept (laughs) that this is going to be your life, you learn to make friends very quickly. You learn to say goodbye a little easier, which it's just tough. But, you know, those people still stay in your lives. The beauty of social media these days, you know, some people are like, oh, I don't like social media. And I'm like, but that's how I maintain friendships with people. And that's how we still share our stories and our kids and the things that we're doing is that connection is so important. So when you know you have a limited amount of time to make friends, because every two to three years you're moving and every two to three years they're moving. I always used to tell military spouses, like, give it six months. Like, it's going to take you six months. Get everything settled. Because whenever you move somewhere, the military member is coming to work as the spouse, you're kind of like, well, you're left behind to like take care of everything. Doctor's appointments and dentists and setting up the house and all the things, getting the kids in school. And so give yourself six months, give yourself some grace and then start plugging in to your community and find your passion. What are some things that you're passionate about? And then you'll find other people that are passionate about those same things. So is that what you did and how you discovered photography? Yes. I actually discovered photography out of necessity. I didn't know I really had that creative side to me. I was in grad school and was doing a visual arts project. And the professor said, who took these pictures? And I said, well, I did. I mean, I had like a point and shoot. And he was like, no, you didn't. Who did you hire? I was like, no, I took the pictures. So that planted the seed. And then about a year and a half later, we moved to Hawaii. And I had just graduated with my master's. I was highly qualified. I mean, I had worked for the Department of Defense. I had worked in South Carolina. Carolina, show up to Hawaii. And they basically said, we know that you're a military spouse. You'll only be here for a short amount of time. You're going to have a hard time getting a job. (laughs) I was like, well, that's kind of illegal for you to say to me, but it was the truth. It, It was, it was tough. And so why was it so tough? What were their reasonings? The reasoning is that, especially in a small population like that, the military is coming in and out. Military spouses are coming in and out constantly. So if you take a job from somebody who, you know, born and raised there, they're going to stay there for a long time, like any small town in America, they know that they want to invest in the people who are going to stay. She said, I know that I'm not supposed to say this to you, but you're going to spend a lot of time and a lot of money transferring over your certificate and doing all the things. And she's like, you could sub, you could be an assistant, but it's going to to be very hard for you in the district that you want to be in because of what side of the island we lived on. She was like, it's just going to be hard. And you had three kids at this point. Yes, I had three kids. So the twins were starting kindergarten. So, you know, we always say that the best laid plans don't always work out. But that was kind of, I was crushed because I was like, you know, I went to grad school while the girls were little and I was at home with them and Grace was in school then. The twins were starting kindergarten and it was like, all right, it's back to work for me. Like, I'm ready to do this. And I have such a passion for teaching. And I was devastated. And Kevin was like, you know what, Corey, you have such a talent with photography. You, We bought a nice camera when we moved to Hawaii because we knew like these are once in a lifetime opportunities. We're going to travel. We're going to be able to see all kinds of cool things. Let's get a great camera. He was like, go start a business. I was like, I don't know anything about business. Like, how does that work? What made him say that? I think because he saw I was struggling and he knew that I'm a go-getter. And when I set my mind to something, like nothing gets in my way. And I think that he just knew, like, if you put a challenge out there for her, she's going to go for it. So I think that was part of it, was that he wanted me to be happy. He wanted me to be fulfilled. The girls were no longer going to be at home with me. And so he knew, like, it was a next chapter. And he also knew he was going to be busy. There was, He deployed to Afghanistan while we were there. So he knew I, I was going to need something. So what did that look like to start your business in Hawaii? 
my gosh, it was the biggest blessing. It was the coolest thing. And when you look back, I mean, like it was all just meant to be totally God's timing. So I just started taking pictures of my friends and their children. And it's kind of like a fishbowl, the little tiny community where we were. And once one person says, shows their pictures and then they're like, tell their friends and then all their friends start to call and my business exploded. I mean, it was crazy, crazy successful. And for the three and a half years we were there, that's all that I did. Okay, but you didn't do senior pictures there. I didn't. I worked mostly with families because that was my demographic. That was who, that was the community I was connecting with because all of us were moms of younger kiddos. We were families who were living in this beautiful paradise once in a lifetime. You want memories documented. And so I think that that is where as a business owner, part of my success has been how do you serve the needs of the people in front of you? Finding that audience and then solving a pain point. Okay, but didn't you also do homecomings? I did. Yeah, I did some homecomings. It was great because we lived on base. So whenever they would bring everybody home, they would fly in right there to the base. And so I did a lot of homecomings too. And a lot of times I did that for no charge, but those were some just awesome times. That's so emotional. And what did you do with your kids? Because if your husband was deployed and you were trying to go off on these shoots that are at random times of the day, this has like been the story of my life. Yes. Well, and I think as and as all moms, you know, we struggle with that of, you know, we have our passions, we have the things that we are wanting to do, but then you also have that strong desire to be there as a mom and not have somebody else, you know, raising our kiddos. And I think for me, I had to get creative. When Kevin left, I was really just shooting on the weekends. We had a dear friend who had a niece that lived in Hawaii and she was a high schooler. So she would come and spend the night with us on Friday nights and we would do pizza and movies and that kind of stuff. Or we would I'd have like cookies to bake or something. And then I would leave really, really early on Saturday mornings because I did a lot of sunrise pictures and she would be there then to get the girls up, to get them dressed and to prepare volleyball or cheerleading or whatever the girls were involved in. So then by the time I got home, they were up, they had had breakfast. I could drop her off at her house and we could go on about our day. So it gave her a little money. It kind of was a great bond for our families to be together. And then my mom actually came out. My parents had retired by then. And so for about a month and a half of his, I think he was gone nine months, she came out for a little bit of time to kind of give me a little reprieve. <laughs> That would be so nice. It's like, oh, we just retired and coincidentally our daughter lives in Hawaii (laughs) and she needs us. (laughs) And I had friends. And when you're living on a military base, too, you have a lot of friends in the community that, you know, your kids play together, your kids go to school together, your dear friends, I could drop them off, which was great to have that supportive community. Yeah, so it was really tight knit. Yes, very tight knit. Okay, so then after Hawaii and you started your business, where did you guys move and what did you do? So we moved here to North Carolina. My husband is stationed at Camp Lejeune and we kind of did a thing like, okay, God, like, which is it going to be? Am I going to go back in the classroom or am I going to do photography? And we just kind of felt led to whatever came first. And so as soon as we moved here, I started looking, got everything changed over certification wise. And I was wanting to just get my feet wet and do a little tutoring. And the principal at our daughter's school here in town, that's like a mile from our house. She was like, oh, no, no, no. I have a full-time position for you. (laughs) So I was like, well, here we go. So I taught for three and a half years, but I couldn't let photography go. And so I just slowly would do it on the weekends. And it grew and it grew and it grew to the point that when Kevin went to Virginia, I was like, okay, I can't continue to do both. My photography business is very successful and I feel like I have two full-time jobs. And we were in the busy hustle season of, you you think you're really busy when your kids are little, but 
there's just no comprehension as to how busy you are <laughs> when they get that middle school and high school year. So I really, we were very intentional. Uh, our family dynamics always come first. So if something isn't serving our family well, then we change it. And that's when we made that decision. I left the classroom when Kevin moved to Virginia. How did you enforce those priorities that what your family wanted, what your family needed was going to come first? First of all, it's communication. I think you both have to be on the same page. I think you both have to talk about the sacrifices you're willing to make. Like for us, we've always said the financial sacrifices are going to be worth it to make sure that our girls are okay through this life. You know, we live a very different life than a lot of people, but I mean, still other people who have other careers, parents are gone a lot or they travel a lot. So it's not just military families. But we knew that the financial sacrifices we made early on or throughout our years would be worth it because it was time we were going to be investing in our kids. So if I didn't have a full-time job or I didn't climb the ladder, that was okay. And I think, too, we knew that Kevin will always be in and out of our lives. But we needed steady. And so we both had to be on the same page that I was going to be that constant. I think it just kind of evolved from duty station to duty station and knowing what the next chapter or the next place was going to look like and what it was going to bring and then how we were going to make it work. Where would we live? What kind of childcare arrangements were we going to be able to come up with? You know, we don't live near family. We never have. And so actually my parents just moved here because this is where we're retiring. But we've never had that support system to lean on. So it was always kind of like you're on your own. You have to figure this out. And so I think we've just always made decisions based on figuring out. Since you were a teacher and you did photography, did you ever think about teaching photography? Last year, I had a small group online called Camera School. And so I did teach kind of in a membership type setting to where I did monthly lessons. And then we had I would you know show editing and all those sorts of things. So I actually have a course that's created and ready to go. And that might be coming in 2020. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm going to be looking out for what you're doing with your course, selfishly and sneakily. Honestly, though, I am most passionate about phonography, which is a word I made up, or it's probably already been made up, because moms of kids in this stage, where I'm at right now, don't really, I mean, I'm a professional photographer, and I don't even carry my camera I mean, I sit down every once in a while and take good pictures of my kids, but when we're out in the backyard, I have my phone with me. I don't have my DSLR. And so I'm more passionate about teaching moms how to take a good phone pick, edit it, and get it in an album. Well, and even though I am a teacher, I never took a photography course ever. I've never had a business class ever. It was kind of scary to teach something that I, it sounds weird to say I wasn't qualified to teach. I was qualified. I had a business and I knew what I was doing, but it was almost like how do I explain something that I just see naturally and it's come so innate to me, but I was able to finally break it down because I actually had a mom at one of my senior photo shoots and she was standing behind me and watching all that I was doing. And she said, that's it. I'm getting rid of my camera because I have no, I have a fancy dancy camera. I don't know how to use it. And I'm watching you create these beautiful images. And like my camera is sitting on the shelf collecting dust. And it was like a switch for me. Okay. These people, these ladies, especially moms that I was working with, they have these cameras at their disposal, but yet they've invested in them, but yet they have no idea what to do with it. And I was like, okay, Corey, sit for a while and think about if you were just going to teach somebody standing out at a photo shoot, how would you break it down for them? And that's kind of how that came about. Okay, so do you have any words of wisdom or encouragement for people, women that are on the verge of a big transition or a big change even? You know, I think that 
I mean, it's inevitable. We're going to have big changes in our lives, whether it's the changing of for us where we lived or the changing of a job or even the birth of a child or your children are going from one stage to another. And so it's going to happen. And I think the way that I've looked at it, and I think I I refer to this analogy because of all the traveling that we've done, it's like life is like a road trip. You know, you're going to have seasons where there's beautiful scenery and it's just, you love your life. You love the season that you're in, but then there's going to be a rocky patch possibly up ahead or a detour, or you're going to take an off ramp because, you know, either you show up to a place where you can't get a job or your husband gets transferred or you're dealing with a health crisis. And so you kind of get off track a little, but then there's an on ramp that brings you back. And I think just be prepared for the ride. Enjoy the ride. It goes very quickly. And I think as a mom, I know people used to tell me this all the time when my girls were little, like, you better enjoy it. Time flies. And I have really enjoyed every age and stage, but I didn't really understand how fast it was going to go. So don't get bogged down in all the details, the little things, the day-to-day things. And it's easy to say whenever I don't have a toddler hanging on my leg and (laughs) needing a nap anymore. But teenagers are blessing and a challenge sometimes too. Actually, we have great girls. But, you know, I just, I think that's the biggest thing is that these things are going to happen and you just have to be willing to pivot and to know that it might not always be smooth sailing and don't take it personal. Look at the opportunities or if, you know, you're in a new season or you're heading for a big transition and you don't see the end in sight, know that that it's going to all work out. Okay, so you are very unique and you do things Not all people can say that they've lived in like 900 places and (laughs) done all of these things. So what do you feel like is something that you're doing right now that is different than maybe the rest of the world, but that's working for you? Okay, so family wise, we tend to be, I guess, maybe unique in the capacity of not allowing society to dictate our family's non-negotiables. Um, Like we have dinner every night together, but just taking that 30 minutes, but it takes preparation. It takes time. It takes planning. And it would have been easy for me just to, you know, swing through the drive-thru and grab something. And sometimes, you know, you feel like those are your only options. But I think that being intentional with being able to sit down and have those conversations with them or have the opportunity presented to have those conversations. And sometimes when your kids get a little older, it's like, well, they don't really want to talk to me, but are you giving them an opportunity? That's why I always loved carpool. And I always was like, I'm driving carpool no matter what, because you wouldn't believe the things that you hear or the things that they need to just digest a little in the short drive from school to home. By structuring our family and my job to be able to be there to pick them up, they were able to get in the car and bounce things off of me before we came home and then got into the you know afternoon activities of dance and cheer and work and all the things. So I think structuring it and just knowing that that, that is important and that our kids need the opportunity to talk to you when they're ready. Okay, how do you prevent the world from disrupting that? We keep it a priority for sure. So yeah, I mean, I think that's, that's part of it is just that that has been... A major priority of, you know, we don't take our plates and run to our ba- our bedrooms and you know, the, the playroom and the living room. Like we really are very intentional at sitting down with one another every night. I saw something the other day that said, how do you have a respectful 16 year old? And they said, you teach them about 
kindness and respect when they're six. Like it doesn't happen at 16. You can't just decide one day we're going to do this. It starts when they're young and and those family moments and those dynamics and the non-negotiable start when they're little. So that then when they are 16, 17, 18, our older one now is away at college. And so a couple of times on break, I was like, you know, do you want us to come visit? She was like, no, no, no. I really just want to come home. Like I just need to come home. I need to just plug back in is exactly what she said. I need to just plug back in. Like, I just need to be with you guys at home. And I was like, cool. So that's good, though. She knows that she needs that and is an advocate for it. So I think it's a great gift that even though it's hard for us in the moment, it's a great gift that we're giving our kids long term. That is great. I feel like that's every mom's dream. And not that, well, boys and girls are super different, but not that I can't have that with only having boys right now, but that it's something that I need to ingrain in them now that you love your mom and you want to be with her. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to brainwash you. (laughs) Always. Amen. (laughs) Absolutely. So something unique as far as work goes, I think just looking at opportunities and not being impacted by stigmas of certain types of work or expectations of certain types of work and to just go for it, go with my gut and just go for it and not worry about what other people think. Because I I had that, you know, you have a master's degree in education. Why are you not teaching? Or you you have all this experience. Why are you leaving a great job to have a home-based business again? And so that's something that I've really worked hard at just, I don't, I don't care what people think. I know what I in my gut need to do and want to do and am passionate about. And I know what our family needs. So You're so confident. Where do you feel like your confidence has come from? Having to kind of pull yourself up by our bootstraps, air quotes. I think just knowing that if I am not an advocate for what I need and what I want to do, nobody else is going to be. And same for our family. I mean, and two, I think our our kids have also needed us in a different way. I mean, when you have you know sent your spouse to Afghanistan twice and welcomed him home, you know, your family dynamics change. And so the things that you value sometimes are impacted by that. And I, I think I just have a very good grasp on what matters most in my life and not living up to anybody else's standards. Tell me right now in the hustle and bustle, you kind of already said y'all do family dinners, but what is another way that you find a chance to rest or find restoration in juggling multiple careers now, transitions, all of that? being very transparent and very honest, I'm not super great at rest. I think that's just an innate like part of my personality and who I am. However, I have an autoimmune disease. And so I have had to really learn with having a thyroid that doesn't work very well. I have really had to learn some self-care. So I have really focused in the last couple of years on making myself rest because if I don't and really structuring my calendar that it starts there I have a wonderful assistant who works with me in my business and she does all of my scheduling and is in is in charge of my Google calendar and so she's like crazy you've got too much on the calendar we, we need to move some things and so she keeps me accountable to be perfectly honest with you because I'm not always great at doing it myself but my body will tell me I will then know, like I will start to physically feel it if I don't take time. And I think too, I've been on a real wellness journey in the last couple of years, um, learning as much as I can to like a holistic approach that it is, you know, mind, body, and soul. So I kind of really have to, um, you know, focus on taking care of myself, eating well, finding some alternative tools like essential oils and being outside. You know, we live here at the beach. And so getting out to the beach, it's so sad when you live by the beach, but you very rarely make the time or have the time to get out there. And so for me, I 
no, like that is just a happy place for me. So scheduling in that time. So really, I think it starts with the calendar. And then I think it starts the next part for me as a holistic approach of eating well, exercising, using some tools like essential oils, um, supplements, those types of things to help me rest and have a more unhurried life. Okay, so was it when you were diagnosed with your autoimmune disease that you started getting more interested in oils as a holistic approach? Yes. Actually, our our whole family has thyroid issues, the girls, Kevin and myself. So that's when it started is, you know, you can take medication and we do take medication to supplement the thyroid hormone that we're, our body isn't producing naturally. But then there's still other things that come along with that. You're tired and there's just a whole host of symptoms that you're dealing with. And so it was like, instead of adding something else to that um, medication wise, why don't we look at other alternatives and how else can we support our bodies and support our systems. I've been doing like on this path for about three years, two and a half to three years. Yeah, it's been a while. And I've just started teaching a little more about it now that I know more. I'm not an expert by any sense of the imagination, but I started having friends that were like, we see what you're doing and we need to know more. So why are you not talking about it? (laughs) So I've just recently started doing a little more teaching and sharing on that journey. But you have a great group of women that you're doing it with. Y'all are so fun. (laughs) It has been very unexpected. Um, I did not see that on my path, but it has been a blessing. It's been really cool. Okay. What are you loving right now? I would have to say travel. Right now we're finally getting ready to be in this season where we can travel a little more. Dare I say we're almost empty nesters. Like that really makes me have hives. (laughs) But we are doing a lot of traveling this year. So my probably that's it. Like, what am I enjoying the most right now in this season or what's my favorite thing right now? It's probably like the airport. (laughs) It's traveling. So I just really appreciate you talking to me and getting to hear so many different things from you. And I feel encouraged. I feel ready to go. Well, anytime that you need a bit of encouragement, you just text me or call me and I am here for you. Well, that was just so wonderful. I absolutely loved getting to talk with Corey. And I know that she just makes me feel like I have so much grace when it comes to shifting plans and transitioning and adjusting to things that are just out of your control. So next week, we will continue on with the transition themes. And in case you missed it, I have one full week of totally taking care of any transitions you could think of when it comes to meal planning, creating healthy movement for your body, or buying groceries, basically all of the things that we are doing in our day-to-day, week-to-week, I have taken care of for you with a free little mini course if you will. It's access to grocery lists, meal prep, lunch plans, breakfast plans, workout plans, all of these things completely free for you because we all know that we have a lot going on in our lives, a lot of transitions, a lot of changes, especially at this season and with what's going on in the world. And so I want to take just a little bit off of your plate, no pun intended, by helping you figure out what to put on your plate. If you go to jbrazil.com slash full week, that's F-U-L-L-W-E-E-K, jbrazil.com slash full week, there is a completely free full week of everything done for you. And I would just love to give that to you for free. So head over there. And until next week, I will see you over on Instagram.